Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's it's Dave DeVito. Um, I'm just coming here to say uh, that I love the Fallout app, and I would like to tell you about the service that they use to make this podcast. It's called Anchor. The best thing about Anchor is it's free. You don't have to pay anything. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, you can even add songs from Spotify directly to the episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can now make money for your podcast with very little, uh, minimum, little, little, little listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. This is your official civil defense broadcaster. One of the greatest threats would be radioactive fallout. Uranium fever. Where fallout is heaviest, it can even kill those who have not taken proper shelter. Broadcasting deep underground in a questionably constructed survivalist bunker is Dave Chaffins and Kenneth Vigue, and your host as always, Mr. Robots. This episode of the Fallout Hub is brought to you by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Open enrollment for advanced robotics courses starts now. Totally nothing sketchy going on. Nope, not at all. How is everyone uh, tonight? As you can see, it's uh, it's Dave and myself. Uh, Tom is not with us. He's currently going through a physical with um, good old Mister Bigglesworth, our our Mister Handy. Mm. Mm. He's been uh, he's been extremely busy at work. Um, he's going to float by the screen for a second in just about the most amazing CGI possible. Oh my. Isn't that incredible? Oh Look at the 3D. Holy mackerel. We, we had him uh, specially made by the best Apple IIe computers money could buy. 
Wow. That that is amazing. Carry carry on. I'm amazed. He seems like less of a D-Wad. <laughs> when you, <laughs> when you it's see, true. He's, he's been pretty, uh, he's been a little strange as um, of late. <laughs> I don't think he's talked to us here much recently. Um, I'm not donating it. That's mine. I work. <laughs> right, well, welcome to the show. Uh... We're a little off kilter because Dave and I usually don't take the lead. So this is... Uh, That's true. But uh, true to form, we'll start off with uh, the same thing that we always do, which is going going right to Dave on the streets. Dave on the streets. Dave on the streets. Mix 98.5. <laughs> KRT 105 It's Dave in the streets here Talking to you about the best Fallout 76 of Bethesda news today The um, everyday the best days For no, the whole time that's gonna hurt me and More than just physically It's gonna hurt me emotionally uh, As anyways As anyways This is your Charleston Herald here uh, Bringing you the latest news Of Fallout 76 uh, we're gonna start. We're gonna start small. We're gonna. We have some small apples. We're gonna start with those like ripe fruits, and we're gonna pick them. This is why you need to watch the, the live version, is because I use a lot of hand motions and signals. We're gonna pick those ripe fruits, and then we're getting into some meteor. There's like apples on a tree, and then there's steak in the tree. We'll get to that steak later. First, why is there steak in the tree? Don't ask questions, Ken. Don't. <laughs> Don't don't try to inform the news about the news. This is this is a, a serious issue. Unless we call on the gumshoe, we're good. All right, fair enough. Um, okay, Project Bravo is now live. Uh, so this runs, I think, through the first part of September. Uh, right now, I think they just finished up wood yesterday uh, for collections of wood. Uh, now we're starting, I believe, cloth, moving on to leather and onto glass, which I think altogether is a lot easier to get than concrete and cork. Uh, yeah. It also brings up some weird conspiracies. What the hell does the Brotherhood of Steel need with that much cork? I, I think that they maybe they all have their own scrap boxes and they just like. They're like, okay, we're going to be crafting a ton of stuff. We're going to try to roll these Goss miniguns for everybody when we get here because we know that they have them. And they're just, like, stockpiling stuff. And I think there's, like, a, a, a Project Delta that they're probably like, all right, now we need uh, legendary modules. Uh, we need screws. Uh, we need, like, two million screws. And if you don't get two million screws, then we're just going home. I think they're coming all theory. the way out to Appalachia to form a big band. Just like a big. <laughs> That's right. That's like why it. they're the outcasts. They said technology. Psh, we're in a band. Musicals, yeah, musical instruments. We'll get some. Build a stage. No, that maybe they're throwing like a festival, like a music festival. So they're that like, could be. you know, they have a dome there. They'll probably do some performances in. Um, <laughs> I, what kind of songs would the Brotherhood of Steel? Or, or members of the Brotherhood of Steel in any way sing? What what would be their their songs? Uh, bittersweet T61B? T51B? <laughs> T61B. Uh, that would, that would be funny. I embarrassed myself there. Uh, 
probably something like I don't know. They probably play the steel drums. That's a good point. They Chattanooga Pridwin. Chattanooga Pridwin. <laughs> well, as 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 things do end, like this strange joke segment, uh, the legendary run is ending officially on September the eighth. So we've had a. I guess it's been three months. Time does not mean anything to me. Uh, time is time has stopped. Um, I went to go wish my friend a happy birthday the other day, and it was like three days after the birthday, and I, it was a strange time. But the other thing that is stopping is on September the 8th, which I believe is next Tuesday, the legendary run will officially end. How did Ken, you do- how far did you get? We haven't actually talked to you about... We did not how far you've gotten and what you think of the legendary run here at the end. I finished it last week and uh, I mean which was pretty good because Mm -hmm. I didn't get a chance to play half as much as everybody else. Um, I did with uh, my Fallout first Adams by whatever. I redeemed one of them for levels uh, when it was I think that was a while ago. Three three weeks ago or so. Um, just to get as far as I could there. And then I just finished the rest. I didn't spend too much more than that. So whatever those free atoms are, I think it's 1800 That's what I spent towards the uh, the board. Because I knew otherwise, <laughs> the amount of time that I do have to play, I wouldn't get it. But uh, I love, love, love the lunch boxes. Um, those are awesome. The effects that they give, particularly confetti, is yeah, the confetti such a fun. That's awesome. Um, and then also to the end, the reason that I wanted to complete it is that fireplace uh, secret door is just awesome. It looks really good. Um, for Halloween, I, I want to do um, like a, a mystery, um, a murder mystery evening with our group to do some kind of a fun scripted event. So to build a house and have like secret passages would be kind of fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think about. I try to plan. See, the thing, the thing about camps is, I'll build a camp and then I won't be happy with it, and I'll go back and I'll build another one, and then I'll build another one. And now I've limited myself to be like, okay, listen, once a season, they're doing the seasons thing where they have like summer, fall, winter. You build it once, you don't change anything in it for the season. It's like you're this season, it's this home, or else it's like every two weeks. I'm going back. I'm changing things. I'm doing things over. So I'm interested to to when they start with a new patch and everything to go back and try to build more stuff with the things that um, I've earned through the legendary run. Yeah. Uh, especially that that fireplace secret door. I'm pretty excited about. I did see. I think you posted it online where somebody had made a. Um, they had made the board, um, but much larger using some, uh, they used that uh, starry wallpaper, but then some signs that they had made into the, like the little tracks that um, like that looks like the, the um, board game itself. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. People yeah, it's... Coming up with some creative stuff. You get, you accumulate so much stuff between that run and then stuff from the Atomic Shop. Thematically, you can build all kinds of different stuff. I mean, I've seen Midwestern saloons. I've seen with the uh, there's a circus with uh, the zoo carts. There's a bunch of stuff that you can do now. 
I've run into some pretty good train camps here recently that I've that I've seen that that people are building like just on train tracks and using those train cars. Yeah. And then, like managing to hide stuff so that it seems like it's a part of the train, but it's not. Um, I did run into a, a, an obstacle course the other day uh, that was amazing. I need to post pictures of it. It looks so entirely out of place because it's like tight ropes that you're just going across, and so it was like the, <laughs> the um the circuitry the um I, I i don't i don't know the terminology for it but it's essentially that static circuitry that's like a pipe just like running all oh around the conduit like yeah a, yeah 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 uh i thought that was pretty cool so i'm interested to see what what people are building i still i bought that junkyard pack and i want to build those junkyard fences but then it's like in my head it's like do i just want to build a junkyard or is that yeah, it's because I have a lot of junk. I have a lot of I have a lot of junk in my trunk, and I want to put it out <laughs> for people to see. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, on a very on. special episode of the Fallout Hub, <laughs> <laughs> Dave, Dave raises money. Time. Dave raises money for charity by showing it all. <laughs> uh, moving on uh, to a theme relevant to that: a colossal problem, which that would be. Uh, is finally live and we have some tips and tricks and I believe that Ken you are the gumshoe in the field that you have donned your trench coat again and have received your monocle and pipe and you have been going out and uh, doing whatever gumshoes do <laughs> I don't even know what, what verbiage they use but they're out there <laughs> Well, to be fair, I'm not an expert on Earl at all. But one of the interesting things that um, the data miners figured out um, based on the game files and that uh, YouTuber Tier had done a video on last night that I reshared is um, some of the the add-ons to armor, um, particularly poison um, fireproofing through asbestos, I guess negate completely any of the falling embers or the poison damage, which for in particular for me, I'm a, as a bloodied build, it's brutal in there. I'm dying constantly um, to the point that most of the time I haven't even finished it because I will die um, before uh, just as Earl is dying because I'm waiting for that stupid 60-second respawn timer. So I get stuck outside, and then I end up not getting anything from the event, which is silly. Uh, so I'm going to modify my armor to, to be able to at least last in there a little bit longer. It's uh, it's a little brutal. Yeah, I here's the thing. Before, like, probably the week before we sat down and talked with um, the people at Bethesda, I had changed my build from a bloody to a junkie. So I just said, you know what? It's pretty easy to get a, bl a bloody build, and a junkie's build requires some some effort and some different things. But there's a lot more diversity to the things you can do. Yeah. Um, so you're when you're a bloody, you generally have you have to have unyielding or the um, I forgot the damage resistance type um, that it generally has. That you pretty much don't ever want to get in a power armor because right, it's not that worth it. Whereas junkies, you can easily go through both. Um, so I, I did it in anticipation that there was going to be this um, Wendigo situation. Um, so when I went to first do it, it was literally 
way easier than the Scorched Beast Queen. I just sat in a corner. Everything fell on me in my power <laughs> armor with my junkies, plasma, gattling, whatever. All the, all the Wendigos attacked me. They all ganged up on me, and I just brushed it off. It, it, was, it was so liberating. And you know what? It, I didn't kill them as fast as I probably should or as, as maybe efficiently and wasted probably like eight plasma cores just on one run. But it was liberating. Everyone else is dying, and I'm just standing there taking it all. Uh, I, 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 I finally understand the the benefits of tanking in this game, and this yeah. ev- this event really requires somebody to tank a lot of the enemy. Yeah, I think Which from now on... Wonder, <laughs> like, what were you saying? Uh, I'm going to start bringing my, my uh, Gatling plasma and try that which is what i usually do at the queen um, because otherwise if i try and melee her with a deathclaw gauntlet i just i die a lot (laughs) if we played a drinking game with how many times i die on a typical friday night there are plenty of people in chat who can attest to the fact that they would be on their way to the hospital (laughs) yes the um the, the the larger bosses tend to get you pretty fast if you're right near them, especially the Scorch Beast Queen, because there's there's inherent lag, and so you can just get lost in the moment. Um, and if you're not paying attention, things kind of slow down, especially if there's a lot of people in the same area. And it's very easy to to not pay attention to the the mole rat that is probably going to kill you in that event. It's not going to be the Scorch Beast Queen. It's going to be like the little bottom feeders that are just like slowly like ticking away at you just kind of gnawing on your feet a little bit death by feet gnawing is something that um would happen it happens to me a lot i'll be in my pip boy and a mole rat that followed me halfway across the map just Mm -hmm. leroy jenkins is me from behind and i'm instantly dead it's it's kind of an embarrassing way to to die to be honest (laughs) with uh with earl williams though what what do you what is what did you think of the the concept of the event itself um and even some of the story behind it yeah so i've done it maybe i think three or four times now uh i uh, so the one thing that i think people were talking about pretty much a month after 76 came out is like okay we have the scorch beast queen in the the cranberry bog we want legendary monsters that are unique events that when you nuke an area come out and so people were like what if you nuked point pleasant and the mothman came and it was like a super powered mothman and i think this is kind of getting that feedback and then fulfilling that prophecy of like okay this is what they're going to do for in-game events this is how you're going to launch a nuke it's going to land on a location and it's going to start this like crazy raid boss battle um I there's parts of it that I really like I like that when you get there there's like a waiting phase it's like everybody's like getting around and it's like okay I'm here at the event it's like you you've gotten to the party like five minutes early and the show you know the Super Bowl hasn't started so you're just like hanging around eating chips getting your drink on and and you're kind of waiting for it and then when it when it goes down um uh, I wearing power armor I'm fine but everybody dies immediately when they <laughs> the shaft because everyone's a bloody build that happened to me the, the first up. time <laughs> I'm like yay oh <laughs> um, I think it's way easier to track the monsters to think like you can you can lose track of the scorch beast queen and it's impossible to, to sometimes get a shot off 
you can shoot anything that you want to down. Like it's it's not don't get lost very easily because it's just a big arena. Um, as far as 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 gameplay, I think it's way better than than the Scorch Beast Queen as as an event. Um, there's yeah. a lot more that you have to think about. You have to be more strategic um, because you can't like spawn in your tent and sit on top of it and just like okay now she's down now I shoot her. It's like not only are you are you dealing with the um, the Wendigo, you're looking for when he has the you know his, his neck ball sack popping out. <laughs> I'm trying to shoot that. Um, you're, you're watching for spawns. You're oh watching God, for the they're enlarging! Run! Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're watching for all of the these different. You're 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 having to micromanage yourself in that situation, and so gameplay wise, I really like it. Um, Story wise, I think I, I think obviously the stakes. And I'm, I'm not sure what, you know, we've talked about this in the last episode, I think, but I'm not sure what the stakes are. The stakes for the Scorch Beast Queen are very high, because, you know, lore-wise, once you, once you kill the Scorch Beast Queen, then it's like, we all celebrate and yell, and, and the Scorch Plague is over, kind of, at least that's what it's alluded to in the lore. With the Wendigo Colossus, it's, it's not as dire, so I kind of like that. It's more this, like, weird mutation and, and, and... With, with the whole cannibalism and the lore behind Wendigos, I think it's a little more realistic that this like massive, per- this like person just got lost in the mines and has become this thing. Yeah, this this awful monstrosity. I thought uh, mm. the construction of the space is really interesting. Um, that waiting part, like you said, is, is it kind of amps you up. It's almost like like you're in sports and you're you're it's that anticipation where you're getting ready to roll run onto the field mm-hmm. there's like that build up and the way that you drop down too is a little funny it almost feels like old school gaming where you're like jumping down on these levels on little platforms so you don't die at the bottom the way that that is is kind of cool but the fight yeah, itself it like a doom uh, feel to it where you you like you jump down and then the music starts and it's like all right let's kill some wendigos um yeah that the hordes of wendigos is just insane and then even the ending bit when you finally kill him and you're booking it out of there and there's explosions uh and robots like excuse me i have to kill you and more wendigos that are just being exploding or, or slashing out at you as you're trying to run out of the place my biggest problem is I keep forgetting to bring a radiation suit. So I'll end up outside and I'll be like, oh, God, run, run. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah. happened to me where I, I get out and, and one time I was just wearing power armor and I, I'd gotten, I just like grabbed all the screws because it's, that's what the end is for me is, is how many screws can I grab before I leave this event um, because I always need screws. And so I get out of the power armor because I can run faster because generally anytime I'm in power armor, I'm over encumbered because I, with the backpacks and the weight reduction stuff, you just, it's way easier to, to traverse when you've got regular armor. So I stay kind of over encumbered for that fight. So that's why it's like that, that brace out at the end, I have a love hate relationship for it. Yeah. Because I wish I had more time to, you know, I wish that I had more time to get screws. It's kind of like, you know, at the end of guys, grocery games and the food channel, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're 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 going through the aisles and they've got two minutes to um get the 
particular item and they're like, oh, this paste goes well on any hot dog and is also red. And they're like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. They're running right. There, there's kind of that element to it, this like risk reward. Um, but I'm not sure what the risk is other than the event closing. So I haven't. Uh, I eventually on the second and the, the third and fourth time, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to run out of here. I'm just going to collect screws until the event's over. I, I noticed it has all my inventory with me. Yeah, people get kicked out of it at the uh, if you just wait till the end as opposed to running out, but mm. which you can do too. Yeah, I did. I liked how they did that. It's an it's an interesting use of the instancing technology. Interesting use of the uh, the way that uh, that finally has started being employed more in game to create a really unique yeah. experience where you get put in a different instance with a different group. And I like that all the enemy, like if if you know, you know, Joe Sox sixty nine kills a Wendigo, like you can loot that Wendigo even if they're not on your team. Yes. Like yep. I kind of wish that that was the way it was for the um for the whole game. Though I have been running into some interesting glitches with if uh, apparently I, I learned this from uh, a listener to the show was I was playing with him the other day and. Um, he said that sometimes if a body is out, the body like container will decompose or uh, not uh, computer graphics wise gameplay. I'm just it, it will go away, but the items will still be there and it'll just drop as the items. So the items are like Fallout 4 style, just like here's some <laughs> ammo, here's some sludge in like a tiny little pile, not actually in the container of like you know whatever the meat clod is or what have you. So. I mean, I'm down for those items dropping like that because then everybody can get a... That's random. Yeah, it happens on some of the servers I've been to where it's just like enemies die and they just like explode into ammo. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen that on PC. Maybe it's PlayStation 4. Maybe that's one of the the, the uh, lunchbox effects on the confetti. It's like confetti and <laughs> everything else. And surprise, the body vanishes it's into the ether fast. and ta-da! Here's a typewriter and uh, some guns. Nutty. Um, uh, last point on the on the colossal problem and the thing that people have been complaining about and, and screaming to high heaven about is if you're under level 50, don't probably shouldn't be there. You probably shouldn't come to the Windigo. Windigo, Dingo, Dango, Dongo time. Yeah, people have been uh, getting you're not gonna survive. pretty angry about that. <laughs> I remember there was a whole, yeah. there was a day just rants filled on Reddit about that. Mm. Open letters galore. Mm. Rant letters. Which we haven't <laughs> done one of those in a while. <laughs> that would be a good one. That would be a good one. I have a good one saved for today. Sweet. Um, one of the ways, and if you're listening to the show, uh, one of the ways that, that I source them. Um, so, you know, behind the scenes here, I source those letters from predominantly Reddit um, just by looking for keywords. Uh, the most common one that I find a good one on is rant. And I'll skip over most of them, but sometimes I find one and I'm like, yep, this is the one. And I'll slightly change a few things to make it more readable. So good. People are very creative with their um, trashing of, of, of the game and their problems. Moving on into 
the next piece of news. Uh, we got some info from Gamescom, and I've kind of collected a little bit of stuff here and there. They did a developer interview, I believe, and did some yeah. just general gameplay of 76. Um, and that was run by the, the Bethesda uh, Germany team, I believe. Yep. But they had um, Jeff Gardner and Emil... Um, I can't pronounce his last name, but he I is... Can't either. I think he's the project lead on Starfield now because he was like, I'm project lead on an unannounced game. and Everyone's like, <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod. It's the Starfield man. Get him. Um, <laughs> he has secrets. Some... He knows. <laughs> I want to go to space, Mr. Emil. Take me there. <laughs> so some of the interesting, I guess, tidbits from that is uh, they were asked about public test servers on consoles and they confirmed that they are not going to do that, that they're just going to have the PC public test server, essentially because of the resources of having different builds. Right. And I kind of have here, just from, I work more in application development. Um, that's a little bit of, in order to I make maps, but um, in order to read a map, you generally have to have it on an application on a computer outside of you know, getting a piece of paper. So if you were to have those versions, you're having your three production builds, which are, everything you're playing xbox playstation and um pc and then you're having your non-production build which is your pts and then you're having your um development build which is what they're playing in the office to qa everything um so that would bring them up to a total of nine different (laughs) instances that they would have to manage and i think seven is enough um uh, for for reference, Elder Scrolls Online doesn't have uh, public test stuff for um, consoles. They've, they've they've never had that. Right. Yeah. So uh, next thing, and in a, <laughs> Pikachu shocked face, pets are coming to Fallout seventy six. I was so excited. <laughs> Though there's no <laughs> there's no official date or window, but but that said thing has said that they really want them in the game, and they mentioned cats and dogs in the stream so eventually pets though we will we will ignore the leak of the different pet emotes that came out a few months ago one day soon mittens the raider cat is going to be at my camp yeah if you could have like one creature from the wasteland as a pet what would it be or the appalachia or whatever they're calling it everybody's saying they're from appalachia and i'm like what are you What would be a good one? You know, I kind of like sloths. In fact, every time I kill one, especially uh, there's one that you run into where the babies have just been murdered. <laughs> it's like, oh, the sloths are uh, they're kind of quiet, you know, and they're fine until, you know, you're like, yay, I'm going to kill you. And then they get irritated. But, you know, they're just kind of chilling in a tree, you know, doing their sloth thing, living their sloth life as best they can, mutated and everything. And then... Uh, Along they you come and they shoot your their magic mushrooms at you. <laughs> I was about to say they're kind of like the big daddies of the Fallout seventy six, where yeah. they're just minding their own damn business. They're just hanging around. If you don't bother them, they don't bother you. I started to think about pets, and I think a, a, a rad possum. What if I just had like a possum that's just like this is my possum and name him something like Mortimer. Bartholomew, <laughs> you know, some like uh, outrageous name, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> awesome, Nebuchadnezzar. 
what else do we have? Uh, patch 22 is coming out in September. I'm curious what when in September it's going to come out because the season ends on the 8th. Though there's been rumors that maybe it's the 15th. They haven't put an official date on when that patch is coming out. Yeah, I didn't see a confirmation on that. Just today, they finally announced when it would be, when the uh, legendary run would be over. But I'd imagine that's going to be pretty soon after that. Probably. So I can see them doing that next day, but really, realistically, I see team more of a, a data to put that out there because um, next week is a holiday week. So I, I, you're going to Labor Day. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> that uh, silly, but. The one thing that they did mention that was interesting, and I, I think it's an interesting way to go about it, um, mm-hmm. they've been trying to find ways to keep players logging in and staying connected to the game and unlike wastelanders which was one huge drop with they did say um during the uh bethesda germany stream that they're going to be spacing out the brotherhood of steel content yeah so it's not going to be one big drop and you know you can play the whole thing in a day and be done with it there's going to be little bits and pieces of it each week so it'll give everybody a reason to to get back in game in addition to the next legendary run not, not the legendary the uh, score system thing that they're doing I kind of like that and, and I think that they're it's interesting to see this RPG kind of rolling out in real time we really haven't had uh, you, you, I guess the, the closest example is the stuff that they do with Fortnite sometimes where it's like over the course of a season they'll, they'll tell a particular story Yeah. Uh, but with like just like a straight up RPG you don't see this and I'm really invested into what that storyline will be. Um, I was really into the Sheep Squatch stuff when they kind of, I guess, tested that out a little bit, where they had, you know, oh, one week it's this, and everybody was collectively trying to solve this mystery about where the Sheep Squatch was, and and is there a Sheep Squatch? And it's like, no, but then somebody leaked a photo of a Sheep Squatch, and you're like, is this it, or is this just like a hairless death claw? Um, <laughs> the the debate around that is so much fun um and I, i'm glad to be a part of a weekly podcast because that gives us more stuff to talk about yes indeed <laughs> uh the other thing that they mentioned was that shelters are coming which they have talked about before and they it seems like from their wording that they're going to use that as a way to expand the camp system so i think that instead of thinking about budget this is uh, this is just my my analysis they didn't actually say this but um instead of thinking about budget i think they're going to focus on implementing this instance camp shelter situation and and i guess spreading it out making it more robust as we go along and so that's going to kind of hone it in for them which i think would be easier to do rather than having you know more room for things in your actual like physical camp that you see in the world where it's like coming to my basement i've got a cool train set which is not creepy at all <laughs> there was a guy on in our down street. to my basement there was a guy in our street that i grew up on that had a train set in his basement and for years and years i didn't um i, I didn't go down even as a kid but i was on a cross-country team and we were running through my neighborhood and the guy stopped us and we're all 17 at the time he's like hey come into my basement i've got this really cool train set and i was like you know what i will and guess what there was in his basement a really cool train set and that was it 
That's how I almost died one day. A lot of no sleep horror podcast stories start like that. <laughs> what if there was like a, a podcast genre where there was like no sleep horror podcasts, but they always ended uneventfully? Like there, there was a big setup or something. But then it was like, and we, and in the night we opened the closet and there were the shoes. There's someone calling from the house, but it's a house in India. You're fine. They, they literally have no way of, of getting over here. You're all right. Oh, phew. Uh, I think the last piece, last piece of news that I have is a uh, preview for the next season. They've updated some of the... Um, looks like the treasure hunters in the game. That event seems like it's coming back. That's been on the PTS. It is. And you know what it reminds me of, Ken? And I know that you're a fan of this here. It reminds me of loot goblins from Diablo. Yes. And I'm really excited for <laughs> yep. that. I really like how, how, how games have... Uh, Diablo 3 is probably one of the most influential games um, next to like maybe Dark Souls um, of like this modern generation. Uh, because, I mean, most of your, your live service games are running off of stuff from Diablo that they were already doing. But... I, I guess they're doing another treasure hunter event, but I would just like them all the time. Like you never know. Like it could. That's what. Spawn. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Um, so they're coming oh, back it? and they're staying. It's it's not a limited time event. They said that they're going to permanently really? add them. Yeah. Which is going to be amazing. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. They are just like those little goblins. In fact, when I kill one, I just wish they would explode into coins. That would be amazing. <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe the glitch can happen, and That's... then <laughs> or permanently explode into confetti. What if they have like fifty caps on them, and it's just like caps? It's an explosion of caps. Uh, one of the other things that uh, that we we really haven't talked about is some of the um, the balance changes that are happening. People are upset um, over that. There, there is there is a lot of vitriol to the discussion around, uh, I guess, what is the great nerf of 2020? I thought about this. Let's play a game. Okay. Let's play old school high school debate. Okay. Which side would you like to be on? Mm, um, I'll do, I always like to do the side that I don't agree with. Um, so I'm going to do... Uh, that this nerf is really terrible. Okay, that works. Okay. Prepare your opening statement. Let the debate begin. Okay. <laughs> Who goes first? Oh, you can go first. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, let's see. I have worked a long time um, and put in a lot of hours to this game um, as as a a person that really has been supporting this game from day one i have worked very hard on um maxing out my bloody build i have looked for a number of different weapons that have taken me hours for now some people may have duped some people may have gotten these hacked weapons and got them it, it hasn't been me i have gotten all of these weapons realistically and when i take my multitude of drugs and magazines that I have collected 
by my own steam, I'm expecting to do game-breaking damage. There is a reason. This is a thing within Bethesda games where you can break the game to do an insane amount of damage, and that is a part of it that is integral to the Bethesda experience. And this nerf destroys that piece, which I have worked diligently for in the Bethesda game experience. My opening statement. I am a synth simp for September. I am on the opposite side of this. Um, I feel like we have become, over the course of this game, the roads that we have walked, the paths we have tread, the weapons we have picked up, the runs that we used to do at the White Springs, uh, picking up numerous overpowered legendaries back in the day. Um, we have become extremely powerful um, to the point that most of the game is a walk in the park. There's a level 50 uh, Deathclaw. <laughs> Out of my way. Uh, there's a queen. Let's kill it in 10 minutes or less. Uh, there's Earl with the right perks and the right build. You can kill him in 20 seconds. Um, we have become very powerful. Now, there are new players coming to the game all the time, but there's a massive uh, ocean between new players and existing players where you have a bold, overpowered, godlike race of original players since beta uh, who love to tell you that they've been playing since beta. And you have new people coming to the game and be like, hey, I just got Xbox Game Pass. I'm new. Can you help me? Ha ha ha, No. So there's this massive uh, gap in between people. Um, a lot of the weapons that came out in the original game that have now been made legacy have been made so because if everybody's running them with their overpowered damage, it literally breaks the game, which of course ruins the experience for all. So a rebalance um, to make the game a little harder for us that have been doing it for a while isn't a bad thing. Um, and then also for people coming new to the world, if they want to tag along with you know, their, their, their big brother, their adopted, steel-clad, clanking, cluttering uncle uh, or brother from another mother, they can do that. And, uh, you know, everyone can get a, a hit in and it'll be good. Rebuttal. Hmm, rebuttal. Uh, personally, you, okay, Ken, Kenneth Vigue, you have mentioned that you think this game is a walk in the park. Well, let me tell you, I enjoy walks in the park and some of my favorite activities to do. And by George, if they're taking away my park walks to adapt to these new players that aren't as... I think I lost the debate. I, I think I've gone as far as I can... I think this is this is where my train ends. I think I, I've just I lost it. I think the charade is the charade is dropped. This concludes the Appalachia debate. Um, yeah, I understand the the other um, thing. Just to come out on the opposite side of the fence, I think a lot of players who, like you said, put in a lot of effort into all of this, um, you you enjoy. Uh, feeling really powerful 
um, you you go for that, and that's kind of a goal to have the perfect build to deal ridiculous amounts of damage. There's some ego and bragging rights in being able to do that, even in previous games, where you'd get to a point where you'd have these massively overpowered weapons, and you know you could just nuke stuff from orbit or download something off the Nexus, where you could mm-hmm. summon the the Helios. <laughs> one ray using the equid finder with like 15 times the damage and just obliterate anything there's a lot of fun to that it makes it challenging to do that in a live service game but um i think a lot of the pushback is is people looking at the numbers about how it affects their build not realizing it affects everyone's build so it's across the board not just a nerf to bloodied or junkies which was a lot of confusion in that first day, I think a lot of posts it didn't really... The numbers when the data miners dug into it kind of explained it a little better. I I miss... like Part of me misses the low-level experience of having encounters be particularly challenging. It, to me, there's no middle ground between a very easy encounter and a very... Oh my god, like when it's like a bunch of Mire Alert Kings and they're after me, it's like I'm just dead. It doesn't matter what build I am. I'm just I'm just immediately dead. Um, to, to, to have some sort of to have some sort of like middle ground between that I think will make those encounters that are really tough and challenging feel better. Um, so I listen, m- most recently, let me tell you about my good lord savior goth shotgun the goth shotgun is here to deliver us from the great age that we had known this is called make shotguns great again um that is the tse shotgun the tse shotgun was a great and powerful shotgun but now we have the goss shotgun and if you're a junkies build you're gonna have some high health you get the explosive damage from all that stuff let me tell you something shotguns are back in because not only does it have great damage potential it has great range range too so you can treat it like a rifle now the only problem with the goss shotgun build right now is you still have the rubber banding that all shotguns have all shotguns rubber band damage and i think now i haven't tested i don't know you know i'm just i'm just a small town lawyer here but what i'm trying to say is I think this nerf and how they calculate damage is going to get rid of that rubber banding. And let me tell you something I'm here for. I'm here for it. Yeah, I run into that too, where there will be, like, you run into a feral ghoul, and it won't be overpowered at all. And it takes me sometimes three hits with the Deathclaw Gauntlet, and I'm doing, like, it's like 1,200 damage. It takes yeah. a few hits before it even registers and goes down. So I think you're right. I think that maybe fix that. Obviously, I'm doing more damage than the server can respond to in a short period of time. So you get that irritating lag where it's not registering, um, which I think could be one of the fundamental problems with VATS and maybe why VATS has been so broken. I know if mm-hmm. I try and use VATS in melee, it only works a fraction of the time. Sometimes it just won't respond at all, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to smash the key to like, okay, I'm not going to do VATS, let me just hit it, for Christ's sake. I was pretty close to making a compilation video of GOSH shotgun VATS, because the VATS system with particularly GOSH shotguns does not work, so I can be like, here with my my gun pointed out, oh, we're going to have a little, little thing here, and then the robot is here, and if I shoot him, it'll go, whoop. So it's like playing XCOM, and you have like 95% hit, and then you 
you miss every time you shoot and it's like right in front of you that's how using vast the gosh shotgun is. I'm, I'm, uh, that's I, working I as know. intended though it's, it's going back to the original fallout one style of vats mm-hmm. where you try and shoot something it would be standing right in front of you and you have to drive five times mm. a classic mm. <laughs> classic problem it's a classic fallout yeah to, to, to wrap it up I mean, I, in the end, I'm, I'm pretty pro this balance change. I'm excited to, like, make... It's going to make areas that I normally don't go more interesting. Um, I think the forest is going to be way more interesting. Um, I think that, uh, really, the whole left side of the map is going to be way more challenging, and I'm curious what encounters are going to be more worthwhile on the other side of the, of the map. Like, there may be entirely, like, you know... It, like West Tech may be a place that that gets trumped by something else on the other side. Like maybe you know all of a sudden, the, the teapot has become this great place for farming. Or Arctos could farm. be just really. What if a farm was. Arctos could be pretty brutal. After this yeah. change, that would be interesting. Because yeah. it's already I die a lot in there. That would be like brutal. Uh, I, I'm excited. Um, I'm ready for it. Bring it on. It'll be way easier um, for people getting into the game to kind of have that. I think that uh, for people that are coming back to, to do Brotherhood of Steel stuff, because that's going to get, I think that's going to get even a lot more people back than, than Wastelanders. Of Wastelanders is kind of your foot in the door and the Brotherhood of Steel is kind of like, okay, now we're doing like the Fallout stuff that you know. Like we're we're back to doing it this way. And I think people are going to come back from that. And it'll be good to have the one lid day. Let's look at the time. Um, I believe that we have time finally for the Fallout 101 set. That we nice. Have been up. Fallout 101. This Fallout 101, we are getting into the reputations. So, uh, Kenneth, how's your reputation with the Foundation and Raiders? Or have you gotten that far? Well, let me tell you, I can't stand the settlers, but uh, my reputation with them is currently way better than the raiders for reasons beyond understanding. I think because I've done a lot of Wade's fetch quests, maybe. But yeah, I, I've been I've been noticing that it, I think that they must have tweaked some of Wade's fetch quests and how that it, it registers experience because it was way harder to do raider rep, and I even finished the main quest siding with them. And it was like a, a, a real grind to get them all the way up, but the settlement settler stuff seemed pretty easy. Um, though I was very tired of taking a pictures of of just like going down into the basement of the settler camp and taking a picture of weight of uh, Paige, being like, "Hey Paige, can we get a photo of you," or like, "Hey Meg, can we get a photo of you," or like, "We get a power generator. Can I? Can I? Can I get a photo of that?" Uh. So that is the first uh, way to get reputation. We're going to be talking about how you can maximize your efforts because if you're done with the season, that's one more thing to grind for. We've got all the details of how to do it correctly. Uh, a lot of this stuff is daily. Uh, I don't think any of it is weekly, but everything resets within 24 hours. And it's 24 hours of when you finish it, I'm pretty sure. Um, which is, is kind of strange. So things can get off kilter a little bit um, if you're not 
listen, when it comes to this kind of stuff, my father always said that the five P's are very important, which is proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. Oh, wait, that's six P's. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one of the quest to do in your daily quest is Davenport's photos. We often think that, oh, Davenport, he doesn't have anything interesting for it. Well, Davenport over in the over- overseer's house uh, is able to uh, get you some faction rep, basically by him giving you a quest to go take pictures of something and then you taking those pictures and instead of giving them to Davenport, giving them the, the, the rival faction, um, then you can go back and lie to Davenport and say that you lost them and get some caps. That's a great way of sabotage and espionage within it. Uh, you can do that for both factions in there, so it doesn't matter. You just pick whichever one whichever one you're going to take pictures of. Uh, that's the, the one that you're not going to get any um, settler rep from. Or not settler rep, just faction reputation. <laughs> Moving on, we've got raiders. Uh, you've got the communication uh, with Rin. That one's kind of uh, hit, hit or miss. Um, uh not hit not hit or miss the 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 um, dialogue for it is not exactly um clear but for the most part with all of these you're going to want to donate your to the foundation or raiders uh don't you don't need 60 caps you need the reputation more than you need caps because 60 caps is very easy to get if you need 60 caps literally just add me on psn and i will give them to you (laughs) This is a one-time coupon. This is not for. Not <laughs> you you got to quickly add an asterisk to that tape. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a one-time coupon, uh, and once it's done, and it may already be done, you never know. Uh, next thing is a retirement plan with Roxy. Now, there's one thing that you need to make sure that you say when you go to her, and it's not. This one's not clear either. It's that Appalachia has a new course. For some reason, that's the dialogue that gets you more faction reputation when you finish the quest. When they're like, hey, did you take care of that raider? And you're like, huh, Appalachia has a new corpse. She's like, okay, I like you just a smidge better by you saying that. Um, those are the two raider quests. Then there's the Ohio River Adventures. The first time you go to Ohio River Adventures, which is over on the Ohio River. No, I'm kidding. It's on the, uh, it's on the, I believe, eastern side of the map, kind of east of Charleston, Flatwoods, that area. You go there, and they're they're being invaded by Mirelurks, so you kill them, and then after that horde quest is done, then you can start delivering um, Mirelurk pieces. Uh, my favorite one to donate to get, I think it's like 50 points of faction rep, I may be, may be wrong. Uh, the dailies are like 200, 300, 1,000 odd. They're like your main way of doing it. Uh, you can deliver one Mirelurk queen meat, though, and that's the one I like to do because I can just go to the quarry in the Cranberry Bog. There's always a Myler Queen there. I kill her, get the meat, take it back, turn it in, call it a day. Here's your crab meat, sir or ma'am. Like me more. You know what's so bad? I haven't done any of these. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I, you're learning. I haven't taken any. I, well, I only just started finally making some progress with the main story. I been so mm-hmm. busy i haven't had a chance to go through it but um like i only just dealt with rara at the steel mill but uh yeah i haven't been to the river adventures and i haven't taken any pictures for davenport yeah river adventures i think if you if you aren't in the know is kind of the weirder ones um and if you haven't done the quest for davenport just do them regular for the first two times like just give them the pictures back and that will get you um plans for more lenses for in-game 
Oh. Um, so you can build, I think they have a 200 millimeter lens and maybe another lens for it. I don't know. I did them. I got the plans because I'm a plan porter. <laughs> uh, next up. So those are all kind of the, I guess, most consistent ways of getting reputation. Your best are the daily quest. Raiders just have the little extra thing for the Ohio River Adventures. Settlers, of course, have Ward with his vital equipment, and he loses things yet again. And you got to go get him, because by God, he loses one important tool a day. And I'm like, you're the head of security, dude. What's wrong with you? Uh, the other thing you have are random encounters, which could come in the form of settlers getting attacked by, or raiders getting attacked by animals, or a faction war battle. Um, skirmish. Let's think of all kinds of different battle words. Where you can fight for either side. Um, those tend to net the most experience, followed by um, the battles against scorched or animals, or sometimes it's a bunch of possums. And I find that one the hardest one because you pretty much need to use vats to find possums because they're very small and they're in the grass. And the I feel like that some people can handle some possums. I handle possums. Yeah. I guess I'm a settler. Um, but there are some common areas that a lot of people have been using to essentially go there and it's going to spawn a random event. It could be nothing. It could be one of these, uh, but there are three places. Marigold Pavilion, which is near Point Pleasant. Slocum Joe's, which is near Flatwoods. And uh, there's this one farm in the Toxic Valley, and I wrote it in here as farm in the Toxic Valley. <laughs> I, however, did not go back and redo these notes. Uh, <laughs> this, this 101 was written a few weeks ago, uh, but there is a farm. <laughs> somewhere out there in the toxic valley that you can go to hey folks half the fun is the adventure that's true you know that's just the mystery what farm could it be maybe you should go all the farm. uh this is very low netting of experience uh it's like i mean doing a quest for ward is like riding a a a, a, a stealth bomber and these are like riding a a scooter that your little sister has um a great measure of horsepower i suppose tricycle <laughs> but those are all the best ways i think to get reputation experience and if you do the daily quest here's the thing let me give you some let me give you some tips of the trade i have max i'm not trying to brag or anything i have max rap in both these factions no real put that in the resume um so if you have I'm, I'm trying to think if you uh, if you have a time that you're like i like to log in and play 76 like if it's like, okay once the kids go to bed at 10 i'm gonna walk on i'm gonna play a little bit it only takes maybe 20 minutes to do all the daily quests that's all you need to do you don't need to do anything else let's say you've done all the wastelanders content you're kind of done with that you're done with the legendary things in essentially a month you can go from zero to a hundred and get your max. Rep. I mean, it took me maybe a week and a half to get from the um, not the full love and like I'm Ward's best friend. The level right below that is from like three thousand to six thousand. That's the the final marker I think for the the faction rep. I did that in a week and a half just by going and doing dailies with Ward and doing the the photograph thing. Hmm. Um, so it's not. 
it's not asking a lot and it's very simple especially if you if you want to fast travel um it's also very simple if you want to work those into your game i always try whatever i know i'm gonna do next i always try to fast travel to before i log off so if it's like i know that i've gotta go and repair stuff but i want to do that tonight so i just fast travel to camp and then quit um that way it's a reminder um but if you want to do faction quests, just fast travel to the crater or foundation and you're good to go yeah i'm gonna start doing those now that the uh, legendary run is over to uh because i'm at the point where i have to pick a side and I want to make sure I have max rep to get both rewards before uh, I close a door and raid the vault. You're not going to close the door entirely, um, even after. You're going to... I don't want to spoil anything for you, but you're not going to close the door entirely. You can still get... You can still get the max rep rewards. You can still... It's like, listen, if I screw over a friend and I'm like, like I killed your cat... Like, if I, like, ingratiate myself for five years or so and, like, become their house servant, this is a weird metaphor, then they may forgive me. <laughs> don't kill don't kill any cats and don't become a house servant. That's this should be advice. You heard it here first. Uh, well, let's get into a totally normal segment in which we have the soapbox. Uh, Ken, uh, I have yes. been doing a lot of talking today, so I would ask if you could take over and read this wonderful soapbox that we have. Uh, I would love to, but it's going to require me to... Uh, I don't have a way to open it without closing our, our video window. Oh, okay. Well, then I can read it as well. We can I can mime it. You can, yeah, you can, you can play I'll do an interpretive time. dance over here. I'll do that. I think that makes sense. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. I'm getting out my little soapbox, set it down, and now it is time. I'd like to recount my last visit to the settlement called Foundation. It was 4.40 a.m. I passed by Ward, fully awake, obviously on another coke binge just muttering and ranting away. I'm imagining the amount of head trauma that his previous routine gave him, and I almost feel sorry for the guy. The other good folk of Foundation, for the most part, were asleep. It's hard work to having to deal with a post post-apocalyptic landscape, let alone the raiders that steal valuable tools from our good buddy Ward. Sleep is so precious to your physical and mental well-being. Anyways, all of a sudden, I see a tall figure walk from behind a corner. He passes me nonchalantly with their hard hat firmly on, striding purposefully towards what now seems like their designated mailbox, hammer in hand, to start clanging and bashing away. This is the ultimate villain of Fallout 76, Foundation's biggest asshole hammering away on a post box that no one even uses. Imagine your neighbor starts whipping out a circular saw at 4 a.m., not good. Getting the mailbox nice and hammered can certainly wait for a few more hours. I'm perfectly happy to live out in the wastelands with neighbors like that. Even scorched beasts tend to abstain from the noise that time in the morning. End rant. <laughs> and I found that delightful. That was <laughs> I, I, that was that was probably one of my favorite rants that I've that I've that I've read um, from the subreddit itself. <laughs> That's a good rant. 
Yeah, I, I, everybody was saying that when, when they were launched by Slim here, are all the NPCs just going to be like hammering on nonsense? You go to, in, in 4, you go back to um, Sanctuary, you've got like Preston Garvey over there just like on a wall with a hammer, just like banging it her. And turns out it's true. I have seen some interesting things. I remember um, it was, I think, a month and a half ago. I was crawling like through the trenches of the Cranberry Bog because I was completely overloaded with loot uh, and couldn't fast travel. So I was creeping along through the trenches, trying to avoid any issues. And I came across this settler who was just panning. And I was crouched mm-hmm. and hidden. When he saw me, he would stand up and stop what he was doing. But if I was crouched and hidden... Like, I could watch him go through this whole ritual where he'd, like, go around and he's, like, poking around through the water and he gets out his gold panning thing and he starts doing that. And mm-hmm. I felt like David Attenborough, <laughs> like, watching this this whole beautiful, uh, majestic scene play out in nature. And I was uh, speaking as David Attenborough in my head. <laughs> that was all. I, I I like some of the, the interaction with I guess some of the settlers that are surprised. They they always seem very surprised that there is like dangerous creatures out there. They're like like a mole rat comes and they're like, oh no! <laughs> it's Not all very it's all dramatic. <laughs> oh, and then God. and then once they're dead, they're like, all right. Hmm. <laughs> I need some more food before I go back to the settlement. <laughs> well, I guess it's time for some more sugar bombs. <laughs> There's like bloody carcasses all over the ground. <laughs> They're so nonchalant about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm curious if it's like nonchalant or if they have like some like memory. It's like their short term memory is just like entirely shot from just living out in the wasteland for so long. And they're it's like, I could be dying or I could be just walking around minding my own damn business. Last night I had two really interesting interactions just wandering. I'm, I'm trying to find the perfect like flat space with maybe a parking lot and some existing cars to build a drive in theater for September, um, which I thought would be fun. So I'm, I'm milling around on the roads. I ran into a raider who was mm. r- trying to break into an old car, and he needed bobby pins. So I walked out to him, talked to him, and he's like, yeah, I need some bobby pins. I was like, well, here you go. Take all the bobby pins you want. He's like, oh, that's great. And he gave me a whole bunch of aid and plans as a mm. reward for doing that. And then a little later on, like by White Springs, I came across a settler who was doing, like, kicking a tire on a semi like just kicking a tire like I didn't even understand what she was trying to do with it so she's sitting there kicking the tire and I go up to her and she's like get out of here this is this is mine and she's like going on and on so uh, she was you know so I killed her and ate her um, as you do as you do and there's a lesson to be learned there and now being being the the junkie build that I am anytime I go to the uh, foundation they're always like Hey man, listen. Um, you uh, look like you're on something, uh, and you need some help. Uh, and, and it's that's like the, the the static dialogue that they give me anytime I pass by everybody. So I'm constantly reminded that I'm a junkie. That's anytime awesome. I go to foundation where they're like, 
Uh, excuse me, sir. You are very high, and you need to come down from this. Uh, this is not good. This is not what we want here. Uh, there is a problem with you. You are the problem. Yeah, you are a major junkie. Yes. Oh, goodness. Well, I I agree. 4 a.m. hammering on a mailbox. This is the this is the soap this is the soapbox I can I can remain upon. <laughs> Probably shouldn't be doing that. My show started because of that very same thing. <laughs> that first journal entry, somebody going into your house and then using your armor bench, banging away on it at two o'clock in the morning. Mm. Oh yeah, 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 I remember that. That was the first that. story. Oh, oh, the memories. Memories. Twinkling in the glistening eye of, of time. Uh, speaking of the glistening eye of time, we, I think, out of time this week. So, Ken, why don't you tell the good fine folks what you're up to, where to find you, and what kind of hair you are having today? I was trying to think of something fun, but this is the last fun thing I could think about. I'm currently testing a new matte texture paste that I'm developing for a client, so there's a story that was unexpected. Um, I mean, I'm here for it. I forgot. I slipped my mind at the moment, but now, I mean, we get the get the update situation. <laughs> I'm feeling very casual about it. I'm very casual mm. about this situation mm. with my hair. Mm. Uh, you can find me at falloutseventysixpodcast.com, um, as well as on all social media platforms. Uh, we are working on our season two opener, and then um, this month, I finally wanted to get. Um, some role-playing done before I actually get rid of that camp, so I'm going to be setting that up to invite people to do that with us um, this long weekend, if they've got some time. Um, so we'll be doing some role-play where people can come, come join us and uh, experience the sickle man before uh, that episode. And then I'm going to finally tear down that camp and, and build something fun. That sounds good. What about you? Uh, yeah, you can always find me at Dave Chapins and listen to the new show Geography Arcade, which is at Geography Arcade. I believe that this week, um, every week, here's the thing. Here's my little marketing tactic I'm going to share upon you. I'm going to let you peek behind. Every week, I'm going to give a little preview here of what's going to happen on this week's show. This week, we're talking about Pokemon, particularly some Meowth, and why the cat population of Hawaii is slowly buying all of the rats and seals in order to kill and maim them. These are the things that you can learn when you <laughs> explore geography through the lens of video games. Do you have questions that pop into your head when you're in the shower? <laughs> this podcast is the show for you. <laughs> it certainly is. It is it's within, awesome. within that realm. Yeah, I miss I miss doing the research Vault Boys, and I miss doing the uh, the talk show bit with the Vault Boys, and now I get to do a talk show and a really strange research show. So it's fun doing research fun. like that into random stuff. Like I was um, oh, yeah. researching Gogi art or Googie, however you pronounce it, which is mm -hmm. the uh, the art form, like the Wavy Willard sign. It's the the art form for the Atomic Age, the way that they structured buildings and signs. I loved that mm -hmm. style, but I didn't know it was like there was an actual term for it. I stayed in a hotel in February when um, we 
I, we went to Disney World. We went to Universal, and there was one of their like Universal hotels that near the thing, and it was in that style. And it was really cool, where they had that like style of signage that was out there, like the uh, Atomic Shop or Waverly Worlds, where it was like those like diamonds with the lettering, and it was all kind of neon. And they had this big circular area where cars could pull in with the big glass windows, and then you walk inside, and it's all this like like futuristic 1950s like classy furniture and on the tvs they're playing like t they're, they're playing shows from the 50s that universal had made oh, that's back awesome. then. Um, it was really cool it was it was way cooler than disney hotels now i'm a shill for universal go to universal buy a harry potter wand get some butter beer <laughs> i i think that i think that i've run out i've run out i'm running on no t- <laughs> well that's all the time we have this week it is um we'll check in on uh we'll check on on tom and make sure that um good old mr bigglesworth uh hasn't hasn't done a number on him with any sort of strange experimental surgery uh to send him to the sierra madre in a very overly complicated plot to break into a vault by shaving tom's head and putting a voice box on him that's that's a that's a it's a hell of a thing of an activity for Tom this week. Speaking of, one thing I wanted to remind everybody, because I started going through it myself, next month is the 10-year anniversary of Fallout New Vegas. Um, so to celebrate, I've been reinstalling New Vegas and updating it with graphics for 2020 with some new shaders and stuff, which is a laborious process, but you the know, game still... An idea. 10 years later, it looks amazing still. Here's an idea. We should just, like... We should just do, like, a Fallout New Vegas episode where all we talk... We sh- oh, we should. That would be amazing. We should do that for the anniversary. I think yeah. it's October 15th or 17th. I can't remember the exact day that's the 10-year anniversary, but that would be amazing. Let's, let's that's, Tom's uh, not here. He's busy with the robot, so, I mean... Tom's busy getting his head shaved uh, and the voice box fitted, so, so we're making an executive decision in his stead. We're making an executive decision, yes. <laughs> with that being said... That is all of our time. I hope that you all have a great week, and we'll see you next week. See you next time, Jazz Hands. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Nicola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, a FromSoft Lorecast, available everywhere.